I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, and that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner he also took the cup, when he had eaten, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, this oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this wine, you do show the Lord's death till he comes again. This background is going to change every episode for the next yeah. however many episodes. Um, well, it'll deconstruct the, and then it'll come and yeah. fill back up again. Yeah. It's a nice little transition, like the cube. Your house is just re rejigging. Yeah. Uh, this is um, this is going to be your episode all through and through, isn't it? This is. Um, yes. Well, it's my is, pick. It is your my pick. My favorite horror film and. Uh, probably one of my favorite films full stop yeah 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 um, well so I'll, I'll be doing a lot of talking i imagine we will get into what film even though it's in the title i i've said that before oh we don't want to spoil what film we're going to talk <laughs> about but you've already clicked, clicked on this episode which <laughs> the first few words is the title of the film. but i'm not going to spoil it we'll talk about it in a minute firstly what that's the future. We we exist in a different time. It's so true. for us, it's not there. <laughs> hasn't happened yet. Ooh. Hasn't happened yet. <laughs> uh, but welcome back to the Dreadcast. This is episode thirty-seven. I'm sure one and all you all enjoyed our Scream Six discussion, where we were both absolutely knackered, and Aiden was just so excited because he was talking about his favourite film franchise I'm, in the I'm, horror gone, in the world of horror. One favourite to the next. I'm getting spoiled, and also talking about future things but that has episode hasn't come out yet so you've all enjoyed that episode <laughs> i know but... you've all enjoyed it <laughs> oh it's been talked about in the in the papers famous <laughs> film reviews oh you love it i mean that could have that could have broken it was massive we could we could be at the number one podcast at this uh, point we could um we're basically like the new siskel and ebert exactly um, i'm not a big fan of not a big fan. Of, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, of course. I know yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though I can't stand Ebert, Roger Ebert at all, but um, he absolutely shat on the Friday the 13th films. So yes. he's not a fan. <laughs> uh, but he was a fan of Freddy Got Fingered. Anyway, getting that out of the way. Welcome back to this podcast, episode 37. It is um, a special episode uh, because I was figured, I figured I'll throw Aiden a bone. We'll, we'll do we'll do a film he likes, <laughs> and then we'll get back to normal schedule programming of what I want to do. Yeah, what you want what to I do. want to do, folks. <laughs> we'll just give him this one. Um, so uh, oh, spoilers! We're doing the Wicker Man. So it is the Wicker Man, um, which you hadn't seen before. Is that right? I have never seen before. I only know, I I know of um, famous clips from the Wicker Man because. 
you know, as a young Tom Jr., I would watch the... You used to get shows on Channel 4 or BBC where every now and then, maybe every year or so, they'd do top 100 scariest films ever. And that was my, like, oh, I might get to see some clips from these films I'm not allowed to watch because yeah, I'm yeah. so young. And then Wicker Man was there, and I remember the, the shots of Christopher Lee with his arms mm-hmm. up, um, things like that. And then, obviously, I've seen the famous clip from the remake of Nicolas Cage and The Bees. Not the bees, yeah, obviously. Not the bees. Not the bees. The less, the less said about, the better. That, um, folks, is next week's episode. So <laughs> stay tuned. Uh, we'll be doing I, the remake straight. I, <laughs> I have said, I have said that maybe, maybe enough time has passed that I should probably watch it now. But I don't oh, really we're good, like. We're good. I don't really like to acknowledge it even exists. To be quite honest. Yeah, there's a lot of horror remakes like that we don't acknowledge that exist. Um, no need to. Uh, but yeah, I, I, yeah, never seen it. Um, and normally when we do uh, these episodes, uh, we take notes. Um, I just write on my phone, try not to be on my phone all the time. I, I, I didn't get many notes on this film, and it's not because it was a bad film. It's because I mean the first thing I put here, this film was very captivating. Mm-hmm. Um, I was never bored. I was always intrigued as to really what's going to happen next yeah um yeah i was never bored uh, but but the notes i did i did take i said to you earlier um i definitely go into detail about these notes and we we just because i didn't take many notes it's not like we won't be talking for like half hour this is we got some discussions to go on here um but i liked it i liked I'm glad. it i mean i'm glad that is what i mean that's one of the reasons why I like it so much, and I think I said this when we when I briefly talked about it when we did my top five a couple of episodes back. Mm. That it, it does keep you, it does grip you. It yeah. does you you want to know what's going because it doesn't give a lot away. You know something strange is happening, something mm. weird is going on behind the scenes. Yeah, but it's it's really not until the end that oh the end exactly yeah. that, that it that it gives it all up and tells you exactly what's going on so yeah it is a really it's a, it's a strange one it's mm. not a conventional film in a lot of ways but it yeah for me it does just keep you it does a good job of gripping you and keeping you on that on that journey on that ride the same yeah. way that well the same way that the main character sergeant howie is really i guess yeah, I think I also say about the film as in general before we get in properly into it is for me personally, was it scary? No. Not one enough. bit. Not one bit. It, again, we could keep referring back to what is scary and horror. It, it didn't make me jump out my seat. It didn't make me feel uncomfortable. But I think if there was a scary aspect to it, it was how it felt a bit more grounded in reality whereas you know, there's no paranormal there's no s- s- mass serial killers it, it was a bit more believable that there could be that there could or maybe still be paganistic mm. cults out there that you don't know about on this remote island like like in the film um that do worship and pray to whatever god they believe in you know um and maybe do commit these horrific sacrifices because their crops are fucked <laughs> um <laughs> But that that's that and Howie's I, I found Howie's isolation on the island. Yeah. Like very strong. Like he's having to deal with it on his own, but that's you know, being in his footsteps 
his footsteps his his shoes that's what i meant that's the scarier part i think but as a film i don't i don't i didn't find this film as a whole scary yeah no that's fair that's fair and i think as well um like you say you've probably seen you'd probably seen most of the the climactic scenes and stuff beforehand as well Mm. and I dare say probably knew the twist before. No, before. No, no, oh, no, I didn't. didn't. Oh, okay. No, like I said, I had seen the uh, the imagery and the odd, very short clip mm-hmm. of, like I said, Christopher Lee doing that. Um, stills of Edward Woodward as Howie. Um, shots of uh, them like dressed up as uh, at the end where they they've got the masks on things yeah. like that but I couldn't piece it together. I didn't I didn't know where it was going oh, okay. in my head when okay. I had these images in my head. Um that's fair enough. Especially like, the yeah, twist. Okay. I didn't know I didn't know the story was he was mm-hmm. the whole the whole story was I'd say for 80% of it him looking for this little girl. Yeah. Little it's it's, it's a policeman searching for a girl that's gone missing pretty much. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that was the plot. Right, right, right. So I didn't even know the twist was coming. Okay, which okay, was great. Okay. Which was great because I didn't see it coming. I agree. Yeah, it is. It is done. Well done, I suppose, for a yeah, you know, <laughs> for almost fifty years, fifty-year-old film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, happy with that. But yeah, it's yeah, it's not it's not scary. It's not scary at all. Like I say, I think I think you would use words more like unnerving and strange. Yeah, um, to describe it rather than than just horror scare. Yeah, it's got a low scare factor. I think what it is, is it is that sort of sense of uncertainty and unease that maybe sits with you a little bit later and you think like, oh God, yeah, if that could actually, would that actually happen? Would that actually happen? Definitely. Um, and, you know, things like the isolation and, uh, yeah, I think if you, if you, I mean, don't, don't bother, just listen to our review of it. But if you do happen That's across cool. reviews of... Uh, or you know, uh, people talking about this film elsewhere. Those words are going to come up again and again and again, and that's something that yeah. it does really well. Um, but yeah, it's not. I think I think the first time I watched it, there was only there's only one moment that made me jump slightly because it was such an unexpected um, move, and it's it's towards the end when he wakes up and the hand of glory is next to the bed. Oh, when uh, Willow, the innkeeper's daughter, um, which I've got a few things on her, um, <laughs> they're they're put they so how he's having a nap and uh, they want to keep him sli- sleeping. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, you don't see what they're doing. In my mind, I'm like, are they going to drug him? Yeah. No, they're just going to put a a hand that's like a candle. Is it is it made out to be like a candle? No, it's it is actually it's it's a severed hand. So yeah. later on, he finds. Uh, he opens up a coffin and finds a corpse in there with a bandaged hand, and that's where that's it's it? come from. So it's yeah. I, I mean, Wait I'm talking. That may have been. Depends which version you watched. I watched the final cut. Oh, okay. Which yeah, I, was... I know there's many versions. Apparently, the final cut is an extended version, but has certain things taken out that the director's cut has. It's very obscure. Yeah, and I don't. I like I say, I can't profess to know exactly what's in which version but there yeah. is a scene in one of the versions uh towards the end when he's he's dressed as punch and he's running around the place yeah. he opens up a coffin and there's a there's a corpse there's in there with a hand missing 
Um, but the Hand of Glory comes from a real supposed magic artifact. Um, right. That, well, essentially, yeah, you, you create a candle from yeah. the severed, I think it's the severed right hand of a, a person. I think the body has to be a man that died as a criminal or something like there's some kind okay. of other rules to it but essentially yeah it's a it's a candle made from the severed right hand of a human um, right and that it, when lit supposedly has uh, a soporific effect and, and sends people to sleep or keeps them asleep oh, that's um, why they were doing okay because that yeah. i was trying to work out the connection between they were uh audibly trying to they were saying we want you know this will make this will keep him asleep and then it was revealed to be a severed hand I, i'm like yeah. okay what's the connection here between so the severed hand and so it's it's old magic essentially so it yeah, fits in with yeah. obviously the beliefs of uh of, of the the residents of the island um, yeah it's the dried and pickled hand of a hanged man Right. Um, that supposedly, I don't know why, but supposedly Pickled. when a candle, Lovely. When a candle is made from it, um, it will keep people asleep or send them to sleep. Um, so yeah, right. it's it's another it's another little sort of nod to the the old ways and the beliefs that the the community has. Um, we should probably do a little brief synopsis, shouldn't we? Of just what goes on, what the what the whole premise of well, the film is, I, what the I, plot is. Uh, I mean, that's um, two reasons for that is that I'm very bad at doing plot synopsis, and it's also uh, your favorite film. So uh, enlighten I us, will, would you? Will would you enlighten ahead, us? Yes. I will indeed. So yes, uh, the Wicker Man takes place on a remote Scottish island, um, and Sergeant Howie, played by Edward Woodward, arrives on said Scottish island. He arrives there by seaplane, which I think is a little nod to just how remote it is can we just pause a second i have sure, sure. never seen a police seaplane before and i that know was, that was <laughs> that took me back a bit <laughs> like wow okay so, that's... <laughs> so he arrives so yeah so like i say i think it's a little nod to just how remote the place is so he arrives at this island and um on under the he's, he's received a letter saying uh a little girl's gone missing and he's essentially there to investigate this this child's disappearance yeah, he is given the runaround by everybody on the island. From yeah. they deny this girl's existence to trying. I think the sort of one point don't they pass somebody? Try and pass somebody else off as being the girl. I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but, he visits um, the shop. Uh, Morrison, May Morrison. Yeah, the the the, the supposed mom. mother of the missing child. Yeah, yeah she, she says like, "Oh no, I, I don't have a daughter, Rowan. It's it's fine." Yeah. Um. He goes to see the uh, the Lord of the Island, Lord Summer Isle, played by the fantastic Christopher Lee. Oh, um, God. Who, uh, again, says, you know, everybody's accounted for. He visits the school. Yeah. Um, and all the way through, there's little nods to um, religion and the, the the idea that this community, this island community aren't Christian. Yeah. And they follow pagan ritual yeah. um that that's what's being taught in the school there's there's maypole dancing there's rituals with people jumping over fire and various naked. other things naked jumping <laughs> over fire and um because you don't want to burn your clothes 
Exactly. He makes a fair point when he talks about that. Like, why would you want to do it with your clothes on? You'll set yourself on fire. (laughs) Although some of those seventies hairstyles might get a bit singed. But yes, um, and the hairspray. But yeah. (laughs) And this is in direct contradiction to Sergeant Howard, who is devoutly Christian and yeah makes several uh, you know outspoken references to the fact that he is a devout Christian and everybody on this island is a heathen. Um. Yeah, we've so, shown that actually in the first scene, and again, it's in the final cut. I don't, I don't know if yes. it's the original cut, but you can it tell wasn't when the, the cut. you can tell when the extra scenes are added in. The the quality is very is is, is like tinted. Varies, yeah. Um. But you, the first scene is him at the church, like reciting yeah. um something to do with the Lord Savior. So yeah, right I from think the get go. I think that's one of the main things about those later cuts is that they added more scenes in to emphasize how he's. Uh, I don't mind it. Faith. I mean, it helps. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. I think that's the majority of added scenes. That's what they're they're there mm. for is to to emphasize his his faith and his development, his devotion to it. Um. So yeah. Uh. So basically, that's how the film progresses until the the. It's very very close to the end. It's the last sort of fifteen twenty minutes. Yeah. He infiltrates the May Day celebrations and disguises himself as one of the characters and follows the procession to find um, Rowan atop the cliff. And he's sort of been led to believe that they're going to sacrifice her to uh, appease the gods and ensure a good harvest for the, the coming year. And then, duh, 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 the big twist. This bitch threw him. It's not Rowan that they're going to sacrifice, and it's yeah. actually Howie himself. And the whole thing has been a ruse to essentially prepare him to be the sacrifice, as Christopher Lee puts it, to keep his appointment with the Wicker Man. Um, Very good. Very good. Thank you. Yeah. And yeah, they burn him alive while singing hymns as the, as the film closes, and it's such a bleak end. Burn them, leave none alive. <laughs> So yeah, there we go. Full spoiler for The Wicker Man, but as we say, it is a 50-year-old film. Um, yeah, if you didn't know that already, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's and, and but that is it. So it's a relative. It is a relatively simple plot. Very simple. Um, Very simple. And and a good chunk of the film is him running up and down the island mm. on a wild goose chase and yeah yeah and then there's some songs <laughs> there is there's some songs. there are some songs yeah <laughs> there's some, there are there's a lot of random nudity <laughs> there's yeah uh, which i guess both the songs and the nudity can be related back to their paganistic cultists like that's part of their their religion quote-unquote like um where we, we were just talking about it being scary it another word i thought of it's it's bleak it's a bleak ending like it's 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 a film a horror film that is mostly shot at daytime yeah it ends uh mostly at 99 percent well, daytime yeah. with the sun going down it's just about sundown yeah with our main character being burnt alive and that's it that's your Dying, end there's and it ends that never normally happens no and it takes it i think that's another reason why i like it so much it ticks a lot of those boxes for me yeah that it's it's unconventional there's no 
the, the hero doesn't survive. Right, it, unconventional. It's very uh, different. It, it's very uh, unique. It just ends, yeah. There isn't anything else really like it that I could think of, especially from the time. Um, off mm. the top of my head, it's very unique. Um, I, I like the fact that he does die at the end like that in a horrific way. I mean, it is a horrific way. It it, it also leaves the audience, spec, the viewer speculating what happens next. Mm-hmm. Does his uh, police, the, the police force he works for know that he's gone on this um, mission? Or has he he's gone rogue and gone over gone through it himself? Uh, if the police force do know, do they then trek to the island because he hasn't returned? And then more police. What then happens to the pay, the the cult the cultists when the more police turn up? That's it. Yeah. Like it, there's it, so much more to the story that could happen. But if this was a modern film, you would get every single <laughs> bit of information. Uh, we get but, Christopher Lee's backstory. We get the innkeeper and his daughter, how they came up, like, everything. There'd be a post-credit scene showing him yeah, <laughs> escaping out the back. And <laughs> like, we um, don't need that. It leaves, it lets the viewer decide. Yeah, it does, which is another reason why I love it. There's there's no, there, well, say there's no sequel. There was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was, there was a direct sequel planned. Um, and uh, it was called The Terror of the Lambden Worm, I think. That's, um, that's a mouthy title. Yeah, and and it's it's basically the story. It's somehow how he somehow did manage to escape his his uh, really? sacrifice and returns to the island to in order to bring everybody to justice, essentially, and then faces a series of trials and fights a bunch of sort of mythical monsters in an in sort of a christianity versus pagan vinyl showdown and i think like a godzilla poster like godzilla versus (laughs) pagan versus christianity (laughs) and i think everybody involved just decided that it was a stupid idea and let's not do that but they did there was a radio dramatization recorded which i only learned out i only found out about today so i'm gonna try and hunt that oh, down right. and see if it, it's possible to to get hold of it um is it of the also, era sorry sorry with the radio when when the was war of the worlds because that was the key radio oh well, um, well, was it a lot earlier like 30s or something i think that's the famous one that fooled everybody that's why i said when was it instead of i think it was this year instead of <laughs> i didn't want i didn't want to say any year because i knew i'd be wrong but even so mid 70s i assume radio dramas radio productions gonna be big gonna be big so yeah. that would that would probably would have been a big big deal it was 1938 was the world oh was a few broadcast. years off yeah a few few, um, few years off yeah uh the wickman uh sequel i'm just i'm just gonna I'll, literally looked it up earlier so i'm just gonna have a quick squiz as to the little bit about that sequel again as while you do that the 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 film talking about the film as a whole the the title the wicker man like if you look if if you look at it literally the wicker man you don't see a wicker man until the 99 percent mark of the film um it could it's 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 basically refer- I assume it's basically referring to Howie. Sergeant Howie is like the wicker man. 
I get. I, I I guess I'm I'm trying to I'm speculating here. Is he the Wicker Man, rather than the, the figurative? It, I think statue. it literally is the the titular, the titular Wicker Man yeah. is the the twelve foot tall mm. Wicker statue that he's he's killed in. Yeah, I think mm. it is. Is literally that because I think that comes from, um. It, 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 because of the film, because of the Wicker Man film, it's kind of become like a ubiquitous thing for pagan worship, and mm. everybody was burning Wicker Men all over the place. Yeah, but I think there's like it's one of these things. There's only like one actual reference to in some texts that doesn't maybe doesn't necessarily have a lot of um, actual factual historical archaeological evidence to back it up. It was just kind of a I'd, I'd have to look it up to, mm. to know for sure but i get i've got an inkling that it, it's just like an odd little throwaway thing that okay. maybe julius caesar reported on or something like that and went oh yeah, yeah then and they do this sometimes um but it's okay. it's since the film it's become like a this is definitely what pagans do all the time sort of a, a yeah thing. um but there's not actually any real hard evidence that such a practice ever took place um right. so the in 1989 there was a script treatment called the loathsome lampton worm which was going to be a direct sequel to the wick man um in 2020 <laughs> a fan-made full cast audio drama adaptation of it was released so it's okay. a fan-made audio drama so was it it'll you? It'll be a podcast, won't it? Was <laughs> it you? <laughs> well, I'd like what to. What are you reveal. hiding? <laughs> um, so yeah, so I'll have to, I'll have to try and track that down because it, it, the story sounds mad, and yeah, they, yeah. they scrapped it for lots of reasons. There was also um, a spiritual, a spiritual successor in uh, 2011's The Wicker Tree. Um, okay. Which was which had the same director, Robin Hardy, had yeah. a cameo appearance by Christopher Lee, um, but I think it's very loosely based on the same sort of mm. concept. Other than that, I, I think it's on Amazon Prime, and I've been meaning to watch it at some point, but I've heard it's not very good, so I've not I've not rushed to see it yet. Um. There was also potential for a third film and graphic novels, but they all got scrapped. And uh, graphic yeah. novel, graphic yeah. Novel. Hardy, uh, Robin Hardy, that the director, worked. was really interested in comics as a medium and mm. wanted to wanted to produce something. But I think I, I'm going. I'm getting all this off the Wikipedia, so who knows how accurate it is? Oh, it's but... all bullshit then. Never mind. <laughs> No, um, forget what you heard, folks. It's, it's not true. <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, he passed away, so I don't think anything, no. anything else will happen. And then obviously we've got the the one that we don't talk about because not it's... the remake, not the <laughs> remake. Um, it's a couple of things again. Just before we get into the actual meat and potatoes, uh, first thing when they put this on, I saw it. I knew we had the final cut, and I was like, yeah, I need. I whenever I. I want to watch a, an old film like this for the first time. I want to see the director's cut. I want to see everything. Yeah, yeah. Because these films are not are going to be hard to... I want to say find, but original prints of these won't last forever. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, not every film gets digitized. So films get lost. Films get lost in the ether forever. And it's really cool when you get old films like this that have all their hidden footage put back together, spliced back together. Yeah. So you can see everything that was originally made in this 50 year old film. And I appreciated that it was an hour and a half. Loved it. I saw that hour and a half. And I was like, perfect. Because that's a rarity for modern film. Films are too long these days. Hour and a half. Too, mm. At least half an hour too long. I don't like a two hour runtime. No. Anymore. And I think I think that's especially what helped with for, it. Especially, especially not if I'm watching it in the cinema. If I'm watching it at oh, home. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, then maybe, but cinema seating's not comfortable. I think that's what helped for it being, when I said it felt captivating. It was an hour and a half. And. Mm-hmm you add another hour onto that, I think you'd, you'd be finding so much filler and fluff yeah. and just oh, unnecessary. Yeah. He'd be um, in, in, interviewing more people in the town, just non-important Absolutely. people. Like, it's yeah. unnecessary. And you'd, be, you'd be repeating yourself. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like a boring episode of The Bill. And I <laughs> yeah, love The Bill, okay? So. I love The Bill. <laughs> Um, the other thing, little thing, uh, this is to the folks listening. Uh, we didn't actually plan this, and I, you, you would have known this, but clocked the date that this film is set, 29th of April, 1973. Nice little coincidence that we're coming around to the 50th anniversary of the story. I'm not sure when it was released in 73. Um, no, not either. But I felt that was pretty cool. Um, I think the last thing I, I, I wrote down just as the whole as a whole is that there really is something special and they can't help it because it was out of the time about the quality of the film from the 70s like a quality of the film itself from the 70s 70s horror films where it's so grainy it's the, the colors aren't quite there i don't know there's something about it that adds to the horror it's like with yeah. texas chainsaw mm-hmm. that if that was shot, I mean, it's been restored to 4K and that, that is coming. That has been delivered to me next week. I look forward to showing you that. But they, they kept the, the nice effects, the grain, the, the, yeah. the, sip, the bit of sepia tone. If that was shot on digital, modern cameras, it doesn't give the same effect. Like, this 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 looks like a documentary as well at the same yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, I think yeah, it really like adds it. to the horror. Yeah. I, I, that's something that I like a, a lot and I think I lean towards this sort of era of films mm. for yeah, there's something about the look of it, the the way things are shot, the way everybody appears. Yeah. Because I, I, think, I think the extras in this are a bunch of like, you know, quote unquote normal people. I I'm not they, surprised. Yeah, I'm pretty, I think they did just use the locals for, for the extras. This um, is a town for it, local people. <laughs> we didn't burn him. Well, it's funny you should say that because obviously this film played a massive influence yeah. on the League of Gentlemen and all those guys. Um, it, it was released 6th of December, 73. So okay, few, all right. A few months. Well, we'll hold off yeah. on releasing it until the <laughs> <laughs> It can be the Christmas episode. This will be the Christmas episode. So Merry yeah. Christmas, everybody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The background is very different now in my <laughs> webcam. Um, 
so yeah no i i, I appreciate i like the the sort of tone and look of mm. 70s yeah horror films definitely um you can yeah. notice the difference between 70s and 80s horror films there's something about the film quality uh it's it's a it obviously will advance more over the decades but there's definitely a difference between 70s and 80s. You can really tell. And again, especially with the added in um, cut scenes, which felt very similar to when I watched the director's cut of My Bloody Valentine. Uh, the director's cut of My Bloody Valentine, they cut a lot of more violence and gore out of that, a lot of the kills. And when those are spliced in, uh, the, the quality is awful. Yeah. But it gives it so much more of a grungy, gritty horrifying feel um i think well, it like, really helps it's like you say the parts of this look like a documentary um, yeah completely and as as i think i have mentioned previously i went on a bit of a folk horror like kick you did um it's your just, jam just recently it is my jam and and that's and this well you know the wicker man the the term folk horror um, yeah. was coined by Mark, or well, a couple of people, but Mark Gatiss in his one of the League of Gentlemen himself oh, in his yeah. uh, yeah. history of is it history of British horror, I think it was called the series he did, um, three part documentary series on Channel Four, okay. way back. I think it's I think you can still watch it on YouTube and it's worth a watch. It's a good series. Yeah. Um, Mark Gatiss maybe not British horror history of horror. I can't remember the exact title of it. Uh, but he did the first episode of that was about um, British horror specifically, and the, the Wicker Man, uh, Blood on Satan's Claw, and Witchfinder General. Mm, yeah. uh, he he called the sort of he called the holy trilogy, a holy trinity, unholy trinity of British horror of uh, folk horror films, um, and it is that sort of a bunch of films that sort of encapsulate this idea of the British countryside and mm. British society and links to the past and old ways of doing things and um but while I was on this little kick I watched a documentary called The Village in England which I found on uh Prime which is yeah. literally just about a village it's there's not a horror film it's a documentary about rural life in some village <laughs> in Somerset somewhere, but you could be watching like the opening scenes of a folk horror film. It's got that same sort of tone and vibe and you yeah. know, there's, there's these like people riding around on bicycles and it's all very sort of quaint village stuff, which a lot of the earlier scenes in The Wicker Man are. He's, yeah. he's wandering up and down these little cobbled streets and going into the sweet shop and meeting the Now, the, the sweet shop. The sweet... I, I had a... A little giggle to myself with the sweet shop because of the way it was shot. So the way it was shot, it was uh, how he enters from the left through the door, walks through, and the till is on the right. Mm-hmm. Now, of that time, there was a rather popular British sitcom set in a, in a shop. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Where's Granville? Where's Granville? Where's our Granville?" I was just waiting. It's Arkwright and um, Arkwright and Grant. 
Granville? Yeah, uh, open yeah, all yeah. hours. Open, open all hours, hours. yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I just wrote down, as soon as Sergeant Howie entered May Morrison's shop, I expected an open all hours skit with the till register breaking. And it's just, it's just because of the way it was shot. If it was yeah. a, a panning camera from above or uh, first person, it would look so different. But it was mm-hmm. exactly the same as open Perfect. all hours. Perfect. There's Gladys Emanuel. <laughs> oh yes, and then all the uh, misogynistic and uh, set, um, <laughs> basically horrific lines he would say to her. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, thankfully that didn't happen in this. But that's for another podcast. That's for the Open um, House podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I mean, and that's of, of, that's the first. <laughs> Sort of, we we dive a little deeper into some of the some of the individual scenes. I think that's the one of the first instances he uh, he gets uh, this impression that they're not good Christian people. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and also the... that that yeah, he's there's something un- slightly untoward going on. Yeah, the, the people at the I want to say harbor, the people at the. Um... I guess the little dock that he flies oh, yeah. into. They give a you kind of a bit tiny bit suspicious, but you're not quite there yet with them. Like they look quite genuine. They don't know who she is, but yeah, like you said, it's the shop. Um, well, they almost don't even want to let him on the island. Yeah, yeah. Which so so yeah, really from the from the absolute get go, it's just a bit odd. Yeah, because he arrives there, he's a policeman, and they they are almost like, well, so what? You're not you can't you can't dock on this island like go away <laughs> i was really actually um i was a bit confused the opening shots the scenery is beautiful like up there in scotland obviously it's beautiful the islands the mountains some really amazing shots but then there are some shots that look like you're in northern the hills of california <laughs> or somewhere and then palm trees and uh, hang on what the where is, is this Scotland? I'm fairly certain it, this is meant to be an island off Scotland. It is. It is. But it's... Um, there is an explanation. There is an explanation yes, for it. Yes, which I appreciated. But I just... <laughs> again, I, I, I hate that my mind was taking references from other comedy films or TV shows because of certain parts of this film, like the Open All Hours thing. When I saw the palm trees, I I kind of thought, no, I thought Austin (laughs) Powers. There's a bit where he's driving. Well, he's not driving. It's a stationary car with a green screen behind it. Mm -hmm. Isn't it mad how the countryside of England looks just nothing like Southern California whatsoever? (laughs) (laughs) I just thought, isn't it mad how the Scottish Isles look nothing like California? She does a little bit look like California here. Uh, but I'm glad we got the ex- the exhibition about it at the end. It made it was a nice little reasoning behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, uh, it, some of it was filmed in Kent, I believe. Some of those sort of orchards, no and way, gardens and things. Yeah, uh, I mean, a bulk of it was fin- filmed up on uh, on some Scottish in Scotland and and some Scottish island, but yeah. But yeah, there were there were scenes that were filmed in Kent and stuff like that, and it's based on. Um, th- there is a novel. It's based on a novel called Ritual, that came out in 1967. Okay. Um, by a chap called Pinner, 
something pinner. Okay. Uh, and I, I can't get hold of a copy. I really want to read it. I can't get hold of a copy of it. It's I think it's kind of a rare, rare book yeah. these days. Um, but in the original novel, it's set in Cornwall. I think the plot. Okay. I think the I think the beats of the plot are essentially the same, but the setting's different. Instead of a remote Scottish island, it's an isolated village in Cornwall somewhere, um, which may may explain the palm trees. Maybe maybe they just lifted that bit of the plot and went up there. But the whole premise is, is there's supposed to be some sort of Gulf Stream. Yeah. That means that the the fruit and veg grown on the it is is really good for growing crops and fruit and veg on the island. I think yeah. it was intentional though because it could have been a big mistake, and they didn't try to explain it away. Like um, famously in Halloween, is set in Haddonfield, I I I Iowa, Idaho. I always get confused. Uh, Illinois, one of the I states. I believe it's Illinois, Haddonfield, Illinois. Uh, but in numerous scenes, you see palm trees in the background because it's filmed in LA. Yeah. And palm trees aren't a common tree that just grows anywhere. So it's like they, they just, they either mess, they, they missed it and just leave it and people have noticed over the years. But Wicker Man, it's, it's actually intentional. It's meant to be there. Mm. And there's, they, they've built an explanation behind it, whether it's true or not. It, they've built an explanation in the story behind it. Yeah, yeah. Um, interest. I mean, interestingly, the whole like uh, Summerisle, Lord, uh, Christopher Lee's character, Lord Summerisle, when how mm. he goes to visit him, he explains the whole. I love um, that scene. Geography. Yeah. And the, uh, and the the whole reasons, uh, meteorological reasons, and, and what have you, why uh, Summerisle's famous for its crops, and I think. There's further explanation that essentially that's the real reason why they can grow all this fantastic fruit and veg, but they just sort of went. But also, there's like gods involved, so, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. We've got all it's this like lovely his, fruit and veg, but there's a god as well. Yeah, it's like his grandfather or something just kind of like went, yeah. and also we'll worship these gods, and everyone went, yeah, all right then, and marry our the cousins. <laughs> as long as the apples keep rolling in, everything's great. Um, it's almost like taking advantage of them. Yeah, yeah, there is there is that sort of element to it, and I think I think he even says something along the lines of like it was it was an experiment that was never going to last or yeah. there's, there's some reference to it there is there is a novel of the wicker man as well which expands a little bit that was written by um the screenwriter and the director it's like a novelization of the movie um but it does expand on a few bits and pieces and one of the things it does expand on is the whole there's a whole section a chapter or two that reads very much like a geography textbook where right. he's talking about gulf streams and microcosms and all this sort of, and you just think I'm I'm getting kind of bored here. But essentially, it's an expansion of that scene yeah. in in Lord Summerall's manner, where he explains how how they can grow such luscious fruit. I um, yeah, I like I really like that scene, the first uh, interaction between Howie and um, Summerall. And there was one little thing I noticed that. They they were they're two very different actors, or it's down to their two the way their characters are meant to be portrayed. Mm -hmm. Edward Woodward, his acting and his acting of Howie is very 
stern. His his facial his, his facial expressions don't really change. It's it's like his mouth just moves. He's very stern, very staring him in yeah. the face. Christopher Lee is a bit more flamboyant and hey, <laughs> how's it going? <laughs> Kill them all, take middle earth. You know, he's he's a bit more I mean, I mean it's it's the, it was the seventies. Yeah. So maybe there's there's arguably oh well and I guess it was based on a novel written in sixty seven. So we've got hippie culture. Yeah, we have. And in the early seventies, I guess the end of hippie culture. Yeah. So I suppose there is a a bit of like an the establishment versus the hippies. Oh, kind definitely. Of, um, undertone, you know, sort of. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not subplot allegorical sort of you know what i mean anyway oh, a good it, word. there's a there's a there's a hint of that subtext yeah that's the word i'm looking for um, there was there was that but there was also the hypocrisy from howie about the religion side yeah big hypocrisy because he's talking about at the end you you don't have a god there is no mm. sun god there is only one god and he is the lord savior it's like uh <laughs> how are you proving this well, yeah, yeah. Because they seem is. to be winning here. <laughs> you don't really seem to have a leg to stand on right now, mate. I mean, been very much so. They, yeah, they they win, and well, yeah. I mean, there's there's obviously that sort of thing as well. That, but I, I, I suppose it's I suppose it's this it's a similar sort of thing. It's mm. still a start the established religion against spiritual new age movements. I guess it's yeah. It's the juxtaposition of the two, um, and well, one's not necessarily right, or you know, neither are necessarily right or wrong, I suppose. And no, uh, I mean, but yeah, Howie is very much played as the almost a Judge Dread like yeah. doggedness. I am the law. I am the represent, but but that's relevant. That's relevant to why he's there. He's a representative representative of the king. It's yeah. It's kind of part of that's part of fulfilling the prophecy. Well, not prophecy, but that's sort of one of the the reasons why he's chosen. The the whole the whole aspect of like he he's one being chosen. Is it because of like do do we we don't. No, they never allude to the fact that why they chose. Did, did they do research on him to lure him no, there? No, we don't. Because we, don't know. we only find out like halfway that he's saving himself for marriage because of his religion. Mm-hmm. And you've got the, the the scene of Willow, uh, the innkeeper's daughter, where he's staying, trying to. Sed- I'll say seduce very light, very somewhat seducing. Uh, whatever she's doing. I mean, and- Britt Eklund is. It, it, she's in that film for she's a beautiful spotlight. woman. She is a beautiful woman. Not in that film. Her character, rather, is the the what's the word I'm looking for? Up for it. <laughs> well, yeah, she's up for it, and up for it for you know, kind of everybody's sort of introduction. There's that scene where Lord Summerall takes the young boy yeah. and introduces her. Yeah, but the, the thing with the whole the, the thing with the whole virginity thing is 
did they need to sacrifice a virgin? Yes, I think that's. The, I think the. I think the implication. I think it's. I think we are told directly at the end that it needs to be um, a representative of the king. Yeah. Um, pure, chaste, so a mm. virgin, coming uh, and coming of his own free will. I think they're the three. There might be something else. I can't remember, but they're the the main three things. Then but what? they do seem to test him an awful lot. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, like he has several opportunities where he could have gone. Fuck me, Brett Eklund is like offering it me on a plate here. <laughs> like, let's go. Um, and it'd have been all right. It has, it has saved himself. <laughs> but uh, the film but where I, sex, sex would have saved his life. But I guess <laughs> I don't know. I don't. It's, it is a strange one. There's no. We're not. We're not told how he is why it's him specifically no. uh but that you you've got to kind of assume that he has been specifically chosen because any other copper presume you know well you're not going to guarantee getting a virgin essentially i think that's the only one yeah. that probably yeah. is the 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 sticky wicket so as it were but then so with that him being the virgin saving herself for marriage, pure, the pure-blooded. Um, why is Willow then, in a way, trying to just do? Is she testing him? I test, because it's just yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. I, I guess I guess maybe that's it. I suppose it's testing his resolve. Yeah. And to ensure that they've got, if he'd have turned around and said, "Yeah, let's go for it," then they would have been back to square one and looking for another sacrifice. I think is the idea. That they needed somebody that was absolutely like steadfast in their views, and yeah. they would be the best sacrifice. I think that's kind of the yeah. that's a, that's at least the way I interpret it as well. It's like you've got pure, undiluted cream of the crop, yeah, top yeah, tier yeah. sacrifice. Um, you know, if you'd have ask for a hand job then not quite as good but still acceptable i don't know you know what i mean i don't know we'll still the... take him we'll still take him <laughs> yeah because then my last point on this like you said that the scene where we see christopher lee and the young boy mm-hmm. who gets offered up to willow is is there any context behind that like he like he slowly walks through the bar everyone sees him then he goes upstairs and does the business with willow but we don't know who this kid is was he a virgin that has then given in and he's now no good? I, I, think, he's, I think he's just a member of the community and he's mm. of age and yeah. he is your introduction. I think it's like they, they live a kind of free and easy attitude to, yeah. you know, to sex and she's the, the, the one to teach him the arts. Yeah, uh, you know, Christopher Lee calls her Aphrodite at one point, and you know she's the goddess of love, and you know, I mean, the the whole scene scene in the bar when they're singing the the raucous drinking song about the landlord's daughter, which is chock full of innuendo and heavily on rotation on my Spotify yeah. playlist. <laughs> I did um, actually note down the film takes a turn at the pub. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, I think it's. I think it's. It's obviously that song's kind of like 
tongue in cheek and, and and naughty with it, but I think it is heavily implied that everybody's had a go with Willow. I think that's I that's think, kind of, but yeah. you know that's the kind of lifestyle we live, and you know it's the seventies. So yeah, I don't I don't know if I was trying to be clever here, but uh, after like when we're done with the the pub scene and he, he does more investigating i think this is after he's had his meeting with christopher lee or maybe before he goes to the school um and he's trying to find rowan there it might be after his meeting with christopher lee and obviously her desk is empty it's clearly mm-hmm. hers um there's a beetle tied up i think in it's the before. desk i think it's before it am i looking too deep into this or is that a metaphor for him his story on this island because the oh, beetle is tied up going around in a circle and he's kind of been led in a, in a goose chase think, in a circle i think, I think that's that's exactly yeah, what it's that's what i took from <laughs> i think that's exactly what it's meant to be because they're all yeah. just playing him they're all just mm. playing him absolutely everybody from the smallest child up to the oldest like yeah man like everybody on that island is in on it and they all know why he's that's there mental. And, yeah, he gets so frustrated and angry with, like, everything. He really does. Like, Even kids. Yeah. Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> Tell me where she scre- is. <laughs> screaming and shouting and stomping around and blustering. Yeah. It's ungodly. It's like when he, walk, that's, when he walks into the ruined church and finds the, the woman breastfeeding. With an egg. Yeah. An egg in her hand. And, and, and he kicks her out and breaks the the boards together and yeah. makes a cross and is really pleased I like that. himself. Yeah. So yeah, there's it's obviously there's a, there's a whole it's it comes up many many times and it's really hammered home that you know his religion is important to him and he's like fundamentally against the way they live their lives basically. Very um, much against it. Yeah. Even even though up until the end. It seems like quite a nice way to live. They're not doing it. Obviously, it changes, but they're not doing any harm. You know what I mean? They're they're all happy and healthy, yeah. and it's you know producing these world famous like I think it's implied that the world famous apples because yeah. the, the scene again in the pub when he has his dinner and he sits down to oh he's, it looks so gross it looks disgusting oh. and he's absolutely disgusted at the idea that he's being fed canned peaches he's like oh have uh, one of your uh, famous apples then i suppose that'll like, be tinned <laughs> it's like oh there's no apples what and those uh, green not... beans look like marbles <laughs> they look <They're> turquoise <laughs> yeah but that's the what's what's the line is like um oh, well, I, I can't remember what what he says lima beans or something lima beans that was it yeah in their natural state on turquoise and she <laughs> says many things in nature have such vivid colors <laughs> oh willow just yeah yeah to tone it yeah. down willow okay just tone <laughs> just... it down all right my man's trying to eat a really disgusting meal here just just wait okay <laughs> wait until he's had his peaches and cream yeah she's just just pure sex all the way through it's hilarious um uh, but yeah, he is hugely just given the runaround yeah. um, by everybody. Um, so that follows. So the school, yeah. So he asks, he asks to see 
the school registers. I think yeah. I think this is why the school scene takes place before Summer Owl because yeah. yeah wants to he wants to see the registers and she says, Oh, you'll need to get permission. That's it. Summer Owl. That's it, yeah. And I am the law. I am and authority. Then, and and that's yeah, that's it. And then when he goes to see Lord Summer Owl, he sees, you know, more naked people jumping over fires and the all the young boys yep. rushing to touch the maypole, which represents penises. Did you, uh, did you ever get that at school? Fertility stuff. Not touching penises, but... Um... <laughs> I mean, I went to a Catholic uh, school, but... <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, this... <laughs> this is not what this show is about. Um... I know we had it at school. I remember vividly, like uh, the maple dancers. Just I remember doing the maple dance. I don't remember the. Uh, de I definitely didn't get told it was a fertility symbol. Of course not. I mean, like I, I, I don't remember doing it. I just it would be like a random Tuesday in spring, and uh, right class, we've got half hour outside the playground. There's some people here, and there's these people dressed up with bells and tassels on them. They've set up a makeshift pole of string, and they're just ah uh, la. la stick 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 see, stick 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 whack 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 da 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 see <laughs> morris dancing this kind that's of it stuff, i forgot what it was called for a second this kind of stuff does still exist in british it does in british culture and it's just the films like the wicker man make it try and make, try to make it scary <laughs> well it, it's not it's not common practice really is it so even in modern I mean, terms it's quite out there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but then i guess no, so are we to them to that sort anymore. of side so unless it, i don't even know if it still happens in schools i don't i, I don't know i don't frequent many schools <laughs> no, well, no. <laughs> i wouldn't know <laughs> um but the, the idea of it is it's yeah i had no idea it had a like phallic symbolism to it um yeah, yeah. There's a say. There's a lot of. It's all tied up with this, or at least this perceived notion of like what sort of paganism is. Because yeah, it's a version of a lot of a lot of that sort of spiritual, um, spirituality and religion is taken from various bits of folklore and historical records of things varying. Yeah there's nothing not necessarily anything like new age spiritualism tends to take a lot from what is perceived as as historical but isn't necessarily and it like sort of cherry picks bits and pieces and cobbles something together um but we're, we're meant to believe in that they're practicing a an ancient religion yeah. essentially um well they're but, they're yeah. practicing but at that time it's still they're still in what would be uh, no modern dress, oh, yeah, modern attire, modern. like yeah, yeah. it's very modernized rather than them still dressing like mm. uh, historical pagan outfits and yeah. And again, I think in the novel, I think in the novelization, it it says that they were Christian. It was a Christian island, and it was Summerhouse's grandfather that introduced them to the yeah. pagan religion after another failed crop. So yep. there's a reference to they've basically done this before mm. and then had this bountiful period and then it's you know they've had a they've had a bad harvest and uh, seeking to rectify it which is ultimately what it comes down to is that he's 
he's there to be killed to ensure that next year's crop isn't a flop. Um, Fast forward one year later, shit. Yeah. I mean, he uh, says, I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, how he, how he says that at the time, he's like, what are you going to do What if this doesn't work? You haven't thought about that. Or I think he threatens Summerall, doesn't he? He says, like, yeah. if, if this doesn't work, it'll be you in it'll be you in here next year or or whatever and christopher lee just kind of shrugs me well it's not now <laughs> crack on let's try now yeah who knows what's <laughs> going to happen in the future found something the other day that I'm again we'll get back into it in a minute I'm really intrigued to buy that I think might be quite fun mm-hmm. for us to do I'm just filling as I search for it because I didn't have it up ready I think it would be very fun to do on this podcast uh, called the Dreadcast uh, where we discuss horror <laughs> films uh waiting with bed, damn it, I can't find it anymore basically oh. it was a game it's a, an officially licensed game from when Freddy vs Jason came out of oh wow really? a true a tri- a tri- but it's not of the film it's a Friday the 13th versus Nightmare on Elm Street trivia game with all oh. like, cards and questions about the whole franchise Oh, a board game? Uh, it's not so much, uh, not a physical board, but it's got like cards and oh, okay. there's a dice that you roll to get certain uh, difficulties of questions, but it looks oh, fantastic. That sounds brilliant. I nearly bought, it was 30, I saw, I found it on eBay, it was nearly 30 quid, and I was so poor at that point a few weeks ago. I, um, what was it called? Trivia game. There's a Freddy vs. Jason... Freddy vs. Jason trivia game. Oh, right. Oh, okay. There's one called Forest of Fear, which Uh, is a board game with little miniatures. Just linked it to you. Oh, right. Sweet. Have a look at that. It looks awesome. Oh, Killer Trivia. Killer Trivia, yeah. So this this is the one that I've just found. Let's have a look at the... Um, oh damn oh okay so you can play you can play the Friday the 13th game with 500 questions or there's an Atmaral yeah. trivia game with 500 questions well I love this one as well because it's got a little board of miniatures yeah, I had no idea no, that, that existed no neither did I that looks sick doesn't it and this one yeah this one's just like a little tin um yeah, no idea these things existed. Oh, keep an eye out for that. Oh, yeah, so it's, it is like those little... Um, Killer trivia. Like the little trivial pursuits. Yeah, yeah. That you can get where it's just like a cat. Yeah, not just a subject or whatever. Killer trivia. Yeah, damn it. I should have bought it when I had the chance. 30 quid. I'll never find it again. Eh? There doesn't, never. But I, I I like Board Game Geek and there's not a lot of information on here at all. Oh, I can't believe it. I cannot believe I should have. Okay, well, that's one to look out for. That's something for us to... Yeah. We'll keep an eye out for that. 
I doubt there was a Wicker Man game. <laughs> no, but they've got a roller coaster. Tell they you have roller coaster. <laughs> indeed, and I <laughs> I did know of it until I was doing my research for this, and I saw the Wikipedia article again. That's where we go to. I was like shit, I remember that. That's not the one. That, um, had a accident, shall we say? Is it was that was it was the smile at Alton Towers? Yeah, it was. Yeah, no, yeah. But that um, it feels. I don't know. Is it dated? To have a ride called the Wicker Man, you know, you've got the Saw ride that came about when the franchise was around. I mean, I, I've not, I've not been on it. Yeah. When did it come? When it came out twenty eighteen. So yeah, like I've not been to Alton Towers for a long, long time. So not since this ride opened. Yeah, I never equated it to the actual film, other than it's got this. The okay, I, I kind of just thought like, oh, they've. They've taken the the concept of a Wicker Man and mm. gone. Oh yeah, well we'll just make a roller coaster around that. I don't think it's directly linked to the film in any real way, right? Um, other than just you know the, the obvious. Mm. Um, but I think it's that idea that I was talking about earlier that this notion of it, it's like the, the Wicker Man is a poster boy for sort of. Yeah. Folk horror, pagan sacrifice. Um, and that's that's the theme that they chose rather than it being a th- the, the roller coaster is based on the Christopher Lee film. I think it's um, a good it's a good thing to base something on because the Wicker Man itself, which I, I talked about right at the beginning, the the st- statue, the the figure, the the monument they build, mm-hmm. it's really creepy. And I think it's down mm-hmm. to it's thin little fingers that it, they made on it. <laughs> yeah. Really creepy. And it's just the way it's posture. It's just very stood up straight. Um, it's a, it's, a, it's a, I never think, I don't think I've ever said this. It's a really creepy statue, really creepy monument. It does, it does make a good little silhouette. I've got my Wicker Man pin badge up there. I might go and grab that in a second. Yeah, yeah, um, dude. I, 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 a Wicker Man figure would be cool to get, like a six inch yes, figure. Yes, somebody's really made cool. one. And I, oh, wow. Um, and I can't remember. I'm going to really annoy me. It's an Instagram account to follow, and I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head. But they do a lot of. They basically they make a lot of custom little models and figures, and I think they tend to do a lot sort of on the horror side of things. Yeah. Um, and they've just made, and it's about the size of a Funko Pop, and they've just made this little Wicker Man that's kind of partially on fire, and it's a cute little thing. I thought that's really awesome. And it's but it's like a small little designer Etsy shop kind of vibe, so I don't know if it'll be a limited that. a limited run. Oh yeah, I like that. Look at that one. Ooh. It's beautiful. See, I'm gonna go down a little Nine oh it's nine centimetres, so we're Oh he is little little. That's I quite cute. How... It's quite cute. I did I did want to I mean I still might. I've not gone out of the idea and I do have a bag of tiny little Railway miniature people, and I want to do a little diorama of the final. Scene oh, fantastic! I would like you need to... little, uh, little, little animals like goats and chickens yeah, as well to put them. I felt more sorry for them. Yeah, <laughs> they can't yeah. pull up the fight. How, how he doesn't pull up much of a fight at the end, if I'm honest, he, he really doesn't. No, I think, um, and again, I think that really adds to the sort of bleak vibe of the ending that 
Yeah. He, he, well, I think I think there's two sort of sides to it. I think on the one hand, he's he realizes that he's just got no chance. I think mm. he just there's a he gives up hope that he's going to get out of it alive. But then on the other hand, because he's still very attached to his faith, he knows that he's or he believes he's going on to a better place and he's essentially going to be martyred. Yeah. So, I mean, he starts singing hymns and um, which, yeah, horribly cut short. But yeah, I think he's and he's he's obviously praying and screaming, "Lord Jesus Christ!" Which is my ringtone at the minute. Which is hilarious <laughs> when it goes off in the middle of, of standing in the queue of uh, the checkout at Tesco or whatever. Yeah. And all of a sudden, no. just screams, "Jesus Christ!" <laughs> Um, I get some <laughs> funny looks, but <laughs> but yeah, I think but I think he's that's it. He's he's he is still so attached to his faith that he he he's given up the fact that he's going to get away, but he's yeah he's taking solace in the fact. I mean, it's still a horrendous way to go, but yeah, he's taking solace in the fact that he's um he's going to a better place, as it were. It is when you what you really think about it, like you don't see the death again. You don't need to see gore and no. all that jazz in horror for it to be horrifying and scary. Well, maybe not scary, but just horrifying in general. You, when you think about that type of death, that's a slow, horrifically painful. Death. Oh yeah, 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 definitely awful. But it, it's it it's the way it's shot. I mean, it pulls away. We, there's there's a few there's a few scenes inside the Wicker Man and he's cowering from the flames. Yeah. And the smoke's beginning to get to him and he's obviously sweating and it's really bad. But it pulls away to external shots before we see him. Like you say, you don't see him actually physically burning. No, you don't see anything like that. But there is just this shot and they all start singing and everybody's singing. Oh, the, the swaying and the yeah, dancing. Swaying da, and da. Singing, their, singing their little hymn, their little song as the statue just is fully engulfed in flames and starts collapsing in on itself. And and you just think, like, shit. Like, that's yes. that's that's it. That he's, he's done for and nobody's coming to save him. I think a few people I've I've seen interviews and you know other people talking about it and people regularly say that when they first watched it they half expected a helicopter to come in at the last minute and <laughs> a seaplane yeah the the backup have arrived from the mainland or whatever yeah. but like and then it doesn't happen and you just think oh my god that's yeah that's, that's awful. it yeah that it's bleak it. very bleak um um, fun fun fact that I'm sure everybody knows, but uh, Christopher Lee didn't take a fee for this film. I know that he was really wanting to get the film made. Yeah. He didn't take a fee. Wow. He, he, he didn't, or at least he took a, re- a reduced fee. He didn't, uh, yeah, he was he was very, keen, very, very keen for it to be made. He wanted it to be made. He, he fully believed in the project, so he, he did it for free, or he did at least a, a good chunk of it for free. Did it do well? No, it absolutely tanked. I think. Really? <laughs> yeah, um, it's definitely a cult film. It's definitely mm. one that's gained popularity. But I think it cost about half a m- cost about half a million to make, and I think it made less than a hundred thousand at the box office. It was, wow. it was a it was a big flop in that regard. 
man, all, all of the, not all of them, but a majority of m massive, massive popular horror films of all time have either been flops or just not succeeded as well as the studio or mm. production wanted it to. You know, look at The Thing and Halloween. Even Texas Chainsaw, I don't believe, did well, but The Thing and Halloween. Uh, well, The Thing, certainly. Did Halloween do well? No, well, I know Halloween is the most successful indie film at that point, but like The Thing, it, it flopped big time. There's a lot of big films mm. like that that didn't do well. And then end up being cult horror films. Yeah, I mean, I think it won some. I think it won like critical acclaim, and I think there were a few awards. Mm. Um, but yeah, a bit on on numbers. I don't think it was a success. Uh, but yeah, you know, as a huge, a huge um, place in in pop culture and has been an inspiration for a lot of people. I think there was a there was a, le a a list recently of the top 100 British horror films and this I, I didn't even need to look. I knew it had been number 1 and it was. Was. Uh, yeah. Um, what will come after that? Uh and what might come around the, the top 10 British, British horror. horror films. I mean, you probably have Twenty Eight Days Later. That was that was Twenty Eight Days a, Later was high up. I think Dog Soldiers was Dog Soldiers was, was quite the high up, which I've I've never seen. I've never seen Dog Soldiers, but I really it's a good wolf, werewolf film. film. Very good. Heard a lot a lot of good things about it. Um, and yes, always seems to be a popular one. Other British The Descent probably. The Descent. Well, probably probably a lot of Hammer films. Yeah, I think there were a lot of Harif, uh, Hammer. Yeah, ones in there. I'll try and find. I'll try and find the list. And I'll yeah, link it to you. yeah. I can't remember just who produced it now, but I didn't um, have an overly a lot more like notes. Like I said, I didn't take a lot of notes, but I had a lot mm -hmm. to talk about. Um, one specific, one specific little note I did take that I just we need to get out of the way. Uh, a nice big old jar of foreskins. You remember that? <laughs> Yeah. Um, There's a shot. Um, I believe it's vaguely. the photographer. He goes to talk to the photographer who took takes the harvest pictures every year. Yes. Yes. And he asks for the copy or the negatives or whatever. And then he eventually goes back to that shop, breaks in to find a negative and, and manages to get a copy. But the first time he enters that shop, it's it's quite prominent on on the screen. Big jar says foreskins on it because the photographer is also the doctor isn't he i think the doctor he's a freak as well is what yeah. he is. um not that that justifies it but i think if i what remember is going right, on with like, that shot the, the photographer is also the doctor um well again it's probably used in spell work or something yeah, like yeah. that there'll be there'll be some i think i'm pretty sure that's a scene that was added back in for the bills like it would have been yeah, I think it is because yeah. it didn't immediately spring to mind, and I haven't seen the final cut as often as I've seen some yeah. of the, the that theatrical cut or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, but I, I do remember it from the book because it wasn't that long ago that I read that. Yeah, and I think if I remember rightly, he's, he's the Doctor. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think that's it. I think it's just supposed to be a nod because, like we said about the sweet shop, is 
the, there's all the sort of sugar babies and the, yes. the chocolate hairs and things and all the sweets are linked to the the pagan fate yeah. but there's but they're not mentioned so i think it's just meant to be another one of those excuse me another one of those sort of background well foreground for ah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh little little sort of easter eggs references i guess just a little, so. just a little visual link to to the fact that yeah what they're doing is maybe a little there's also when he visits her said grave which ends up being the hair mm -hmm. um the i guess graveyard keeper uh shows that there's that he plants a tree on every grave mm -hmm. and on her tree rowan's tree was uh her navel strip i think he calls it which i believe is that her umbilical cord or what would have been her umbilical cord I wasn't so. really sure. It looked like it could have been. Um, yeah. Yeah. And again, I think it is that. Another sort of... pagan thing, another ritualistic yeah. uh, item used for something. We, it's... we are kind of bombarded all the way yeah. through with um, like repeat references to. And, it, and it's all for sort of Howie's benefit. I think mm. we like we see this at the same time he does, and he's. Yeah shocked by it or repulsed by it or angered by it and i think we're meant to we're going along the same journey with him so yeah i think everything is supposed to be this sort of shocking shocking to us because we're not of that faith whereas they're very sort of matter of fact and it's the mundane almost to them like oh well yeah this is what you do um i mean there's that there's that whole scene earlier with the the orgy in the graveyard where everybody yeah oh my god I forgot about that on the top of graves is that the way that is shot as well um he le he leaves the pub and he's walking along and it's, he doesn't have a torch the the area just lights up lights up like it's intentionally yeah. it's intentionally been made to lit up. And it's all very blurry and weird and almost dreamlike. Yes, it slows yeah. down. Mm. The, the camera speed slows down and almost stops at points, cuts mm -hmm. to another shot, just to let you really take it all in. Yeah, I think I seem to think, and I, I seem to remember when I first watched it, not really knowing if it was real or not, or if it's something that he's mm. imagined. Like, it's got that kind of very other world. Um, because surely it'd be a lot more shocking if it was just plain as day, bam, there's a lot of people shagging in a graveyard. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And and there it is, like in yeah. your face, there it's happening. But it it does have this sort of ethereal other world. But there's a few weird shots in this mm. film, which, you know, again, we've said it's unique and very strange but one of them is during willow's song yeah where she's um essentially singing to howie trying to tempt him to oh in her bedroom yeah yeah and yeah. there's a scene and there's a set there's a part of that scene where she leans against the door frame and looks right at the camera and it's almost like a shot from a music video like because just just because of the way she looks at the camera and she's singing to the camera it, it's 
it breaks the fourth wall. It's very yeah. odd and very out of place that because she's sound kind of singing to the wall and singing out the window and walking around the room. I suppose she's dancing sudden, as well. She's dancing around the room. It goes with it, yeah. And then all of a sudden, there's she just kind of comes into frame and is leaning on the door frame and looking straight at the camera. And it, it, it's so out of place. Yeah. Like, it really sticks in my mind every time I watch it, I think, oh, because it, it just reminds me of a music... It looks like it's a shot for a music video. Like... Do you remember when you first saw this film? film? Uh, yes, vaguely. Because um, I do. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a rough idea. Well, of course you do. <laughs> it was yesterday, wasn't it? Hey, I'm just getting night. involved in the conversation, <laughs> all right? Sorry. <laughs> God. Um, yeah, I think I was I think I was a teenager. Caught it randomly on TV one night. And it was like, Oh, I've heard of this, I'll watch this yeah. and you know, it had some boobs in it, so obviously I watched it. It does indeed it has like, quite a lot of boobs in it actually. Mm-hmm. Um You know. If I, I once I introduced it to an ex girlfriend, I was like, This is my favourite film, let's watch it. And at the end of it, she was like, well, I can see why it's your favourite <laughs> film. A lot of that was just an excuse for people to get... There was no need for all that nudity. And I was like, well... Yeah, there was. There was. It kind, there of, is, was. It kind yeah. of is getting all defensive, but I guess, really, is there, is there a need for it? Well, that's where Maybe. you can always use the excuse of, it's a religion, religious thing. It's part of their cult. <laughs> it's, it's, it's for religious reasons. There's context there. That's fine. <laughs> Um, um, I did also note down that the pub itself, the Green Man Inn, mm-hmm. the 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 pub sign is really cool. It's a really cool design. Mm. It just made me think, as a aspiring horror collector, um, quite cool. You you could have that. You could have the um, I forget now the pub from American World for London. Slot that's got plan. that's got quite a cool pub sign. Mm-hmm. Pub signs from a famous horror film. Pub sign from like horror films. Yeah, I do have a Green Man in T-shirt upstairs. Of course you do. Um, I'm wearing I'm wearing the, uh, May the Summer Festival. Isle Mayday <laughs> Festival, but the the other the alternative is the Green Man in upstairs. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, what other famous? I didn't think of any others. It might be a collection oh, well, of two. The Winchester. The Win. Yes, the Winchester. The Winchester. That's a good one. But again, um, it would have to probably be English films, right? Because it's a pub. It's not a bar. I guess. It's a pub. Yeah, an yeah, old, yeah. pub. Yeah, I suppose so. So, hmm. There well, we there's go. Three. There's the seeds. There's the seeds of another Dreadcast episode in here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about. Although, I can't. No, no others spring to mind, but there must no. be some. There, there, there must will. be some. There will. There will. Um. I didn't have much else written down. Um, I, I did. I did note down. I felt, especially the parade and march at the end. I thought the cinematography mm-hmm. was really well done. I loved mm-hmm. it. Was it was it was quite long shots of it. I like they didn't skim past it. Um, yeah. Very obscure. The whole idea of it. Um, Christopher Lee dressed up. Uh, the punch. I assume is punch like Punch and Judy. Yeah, I think that's um, to be the, the guy dressed up like a dragon. Yeah, it was all again very. I think it's a horse actually. Oh, okay. 
but again yeah. all very captivating i was just glued to the screen watching this this parade what, this very what did you march. think about the sword scene yeah did you think he was um, gonna get it then no i thought no. one of their own was gonna get it and i thought that was part of their sacrifice uh-huh, uh-huh. but there uh someone in the group describes it as luck luck i believe or uh the a chosen one um because it's it's in the middle of their their sort of makeshift stonehenge they've got there mm-hmm. yeah um oh, but I, I as soon as someone put their head up i was like okay someone's getting their head chopped off because there's six swords here um but it it's just for show it's whoever's yeah. got the fake head because they've all got masks on right whoever's got yeah, the yeah, fake yeah. head I think there's a I think there is a reference in that earlier scene with somewhere out where or he finds how he finds it in a book when he's researching. Yeah. And I think it's like in an earlier version of that ritual somebody would be beheaded. Yeah. But yeah, they do a version of it later on. But I, I think it does a good job of building a bit of tension that you're gonna something's Definitely. gonna happen. Yeah. And then I think uh, at it... that point everything's sort of out the window you don't know really what's going to go on from that point on because no again cause he, you're because how is sneak sorry i keep I no, no 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 it's fine it's fine go for it go but for how it. he how he is sneaking around at that point he knows that something's like up like yeah. wrong um and he's he's in disguise and he's trying to be incognito and not not get found out and not get rumbled so yeah, I think before uh, that, when he's sneaking around again, he seems to travel around this little village and town very quickly when he's kicking down all the doors and all the houses and exploring. Goes to, out to the boat in the middle of like their little harbor, their massive boat. Uh, you see like the little crates that have stamped on Summer Isle apples. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, he doesn't waste any time, it's all very quick. How he does all that, how he huh? Um there's, yeah. like, there's like uh where where does he break into? Oh, there's there's one there's one room or house he breaks into and he opens a cupboard and a, a young girl falls out. Mm. That got me. That got me yeah. at first. And then she turns <laughs> around and she's just joking. Just okay. laughing and runs off. But that's that's again, it just shows that like everybody's in on it. Yeah. Even the kids the kids are just messing with him. And I, because I love all the little scenes where he's walking along and like a little rabbit mask just pops up mm. over a yeah, yeah, or, or whatever. It's it's very creepy. I do I do like the aesthetic of it quite a lot. Um, albeit, yeah, the the horror is very subtle to sort of it non-existent, is. or the scare is very subtle to non-existent. But yeah, I do very much like the aesthetic of it. I do. Um, I, I I enjoyed it. Mm. I really enjoyed I'm it. Right? I'm glad you enjoyed it. I don't think this is a film. If you if you put, uh, I'd say a, a load of early twenty year olds, late teens. I think, and, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we're starting to get into horror." I think it would be a struggle to put them in a in a screening oh, room and yeah. let them watch this. I don't think they would enjoy it. And that's oh, not I... a that's not a, a negative on the film. That's on the of the time. It, it's it's quite dated it, now yeah yeah it is it is but i don't want a remake i don't want another remake 
<laughs> but it's but we've had we've had a bit of a resurgence in folk horror just recently. I mean, midsummer, midsummer, midsummer for sure. You know, when in yeah. fact, when, the first time I watched midsummer, I turned to my friend I was watching it with and just just went, "Wicker Man's better." <laughs> oh, it's, was, it's yeah. That, that was my like three word review. Wicker Man's better. I I preferred. I I would now say I definitely prefer Wicker. I I I didn't rave about Midsummer when it came out. I mean, I had a bad cinema. That's what I always have. I had a bad cinema experience when I saw Midsummer. But I I would easily say Wicker Man is better. I mean, I like it. I like it, and it's grown on me in subsequent viewings. But Wicker Man is better, hundred percent. Yeah. Midsummer tries to do essentially the same thing, but not as well. In my in my opinion, it even ends with the burning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, Wicker Man could have had a bear suit. That <laughs> yeah, well, yeah <laughs> if there's one there's <laughs> one thing that Midsummer does better than Wicker Man is a bear suit. But you know, yeah. other than other than that, it was roughly the same kind of plot, just not done as well. Pretty I much. Um, yeah, no. Well, I say I'm glad you enjoyed it, but yeah, I I, I totally agree with you. I think it's. I think it's too. It's probably dated, and it's too slow of a burn, maybe for for a lot of people. For the attention um, span nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, especially because you're watching the entire film for that last yeah, fifteen minutes or so, twenty minutes, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, where everything happens very quickly. Um. And if you you don't have the page, I could yeah, I can easily see a lot of people. It's, it's similar to how people have critic or criticisms of the witch that I've seen. Yeah, yeah. I love payoff. Yeah, I do as well. And and it, for the same reasons, I love this. It's, you've got to stick with it. You've got to you pay do. attention. And everything happens right at the end. And but if you don't have that build up, the end is not as impactful it's definitely a serious problem with i would say mainstream modern hollywood um is that yeah people's attention span is very thin and there's not much of it these days people need that jump scare that that scary moment every 10 15 minutes um and i think one of the best examples i saw of this and i think i've talked about this before is comparing the original Exorcist to say something like The Conjuring or the the, you know, the the new sort of paranormal sort of films like that where a scene in The Exorcist where Reagan sat, oh, she obviously sat in the bed and uh, the Reverend, I can't remember his name, I'm having a mind blank. Um, Karras. The young, the young Reverend Karras sits yeah. down and suddenly Reagan makes the drawer open. Mm-hmm. Subtle, no jump scare, no big bassy sound, but it's Okay, there's some paranormal activity there. Nowadays, it would be... Yeah. You couldn't have that in a film like The Wicker Man. No. And I, I, I think people need that scare moment. No, if like they know say, they're going to watch a horror film, they need that scare moment constantly. And they're like, where yeah. is it? Well, this, is, this is boring. Nothing's happening. Well, that's I mean, the arguably, point. arguably, there are only two. Like you said, there's the bit where the girl falls out of the closet. That's a jump scare. Wardrobe, yeah. And there's a bit of a sting with the hand of glory as well because mm, the camera mm-hmm. just suddenly cuts to this severed hand and there is i think there is a bit of a musical sting with it that yeah. goes with it as well and the camera um, zoom and mm. yeah but again it's 
it's in that final third of the film. It's it's not all the way. You know, they're not peppered throughout. Yeah. Um, you you wouldn't know that you you could like you say you could be watching an episode of Dixon or Doc Green or The Bill or whatever. Or heartbeat. Until, <laughs> or heartbeat up until yeah. There's <laughs> a reference for point. you, non uh, UK listeners. Heartbeat. Yeah. Oh, heartbeat just just makes me think. Bath time and school yes. in the morning. <laughs> Done that. I gotta get my homework. Oh, I haven't done my homework yet. Yeah. Oh no. Oh, the heartbeat theme starting. <laughs> that means that means it's bedtime for school. In oh, the morning, depressing. Too. Depressing. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a niche reference. <laughs> but but actually, just uh, to talk about it, like you could drop in. They could have done like a Halloween heartbeat episode. It could have been. And just dropped a Wicker Man in at one. <laughs> Nick Berry and a Wicker Man at the end of an episode. <laughs> there you go. You've got the Wicker Man. Um, yeah, no. I don't, it's, it's it's definitely not an introduction to horror film. This, no, this should This not. should be. This is this should be a regular how we rate films. Is is this an intro to a I agree. horror yeah. film? Is this an intro horror film? Wicker Man, absolutely no. not. No, nope. absolutely not. You need, you need to cut your teeth on. You need to find out if you truly are a horror fan, and if you are, then sit down and watch The Wicker Man because it's great. But yeah, if it's, it is a, it is a slow burn, but it's just so worth it in my opinion. It is just so worth it. It is. I'd say the... I didn't watch it in preparation for this because I've seen it that many times and I didn't quite find the time to watch it. But I'm really want aching to watch it again now we've been speaking about it for the last hour and whatever. <laughs> oh, I don't need to watch it again for a long time. Uh, no, so I get I'm... that. <laughs> I do. I do get that. It's like I say, I've I've seen it a few times, but it's not like a. It, you know, a year or so will go by before I think oh, yeah, I'll watch it again. Um, yeah, I and think I did. I, I did watch it within the last six months. I think was the last time I watched it. I'm trying to think when uh, me and T did the episode on um, getting into horror, and like we were just discussing, this is not an intro. We decided this is not an intro to horror film. I'm trying to f- look back, see if I can find my notes on. Oh, here we go. Uh like horror movies for beginners shall we say whether or not you're getting into horror or you're not you're just not a fan of horror films put stuff down like Psycho um, uh, Shaun of the Dead for your comedy aspects mm-hmm. um, Misery uh, things Ooh, like that for a first one <laughs> <laughs> yeah really yeah <laughs> oh okay <laughs> uh, what else did they put? A Gremlins. It was a nice yeah. bag. There was a nice big mixture. I think it depends um, on the age, doesn't it? Really? Yeah, but I, I, I definitely, yeah, I think we're right. You, you couldn't fit that into the mix. Um, it just wouldn't work. You, you would need to be into horror already to then think. Let me try this out. Let's see what type of horror this is. Yeah, because I think. Because it relies, not relies, that's maybe the wrong word, because because of the structure of the story, because of the way it builds up to this mm. crescendo at the end, it's, there's not, yeah, there's not enough going on no. to 
to be like you could uh, if you've not seen it before you could or you know you could come into this fresh and go is this a horror film like it you know what i mean it's it's mm. not instantly portrayed as one it doesn't oh god no no and i think there's i think you have to apply a lot more of your own thought to it rather mm. than relying on just what you're being shown if that makes sense so it's not like watching, a, you know, a Friday where every twenty, you know, every five minutes or ten minutes or whatever, somebody's getting yeah. them chopped off, or you know, it's keeping your attention a, going because we need a kill here. We need another kill. Yeah. We need a kill. There's, yeah, there's, there's some, there's some, go- something gory happening. Yeah, or some, you know, there's some sort, something jumping out on you. Um, the Wicker Man needs a lot more of your attention to look for these little subtle nods to something not being quite right or they're doing something slightly strange or um yeah i think i think you have to i think the audience has to apply a little bit more thought to what's going on to 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 get more out of it yeah you know what i mean if you take it at purely face value it's like well it's a cop running around and then he gets killed at the end like but if you invest in it a little bit more speaking of that like that yeah it's a cop running around for the most part but if you were around at that point this is 1973 and you were going to the theater to watch the wicker man this brand new british horror film the movie posters feature the wicker man statue and it's it, the art. The artwork of it is very intimidating. It's like towering over. There's the sim. There's symbolism of fire and the sunset. Um, you've got the imagery and some of these um, posters of the sun god face. And you don't get any of that until the end of the film. Like a lot of yeah. people could feel like they're being robbed of <laughs> their viewing, <laughs> or they could feel, holy shit, this poster has completely spoiled the film in a way. I mean, yeah, arguably you could say that. I mean, that I'm sure it's. I'm sure we're looking at the same poster. So we've got. There's um, many different ones. It looks like the red and orangey. Yeah, Britt Eklund. So the Wicker Man in the background, and then you've got I think it's Ingrid Pittston in front of that. Christopher Lee, and then uh, Britt Eklund right yeah, in the foreground. At the top, flesh, can, flesh you, the you touch. Can, that's the one. Flesh, yeah, 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 yeah. And you can see, yeah, you can see Edward Woodward in there. I mean. Maybe oh not God, quite work can. out. Maybe you can't quite work out that it is him, but you can see a person in that. In There's that someone record. there. <laughs> flesh to touch, flesh to burn. Don't keep the wicker man waiting. Do they say that in the film? No, no. I like it as a tagline, but I think it's just a tagline. Uh, all, I mean, all these different ones have the, the wicker man in it. Yeah, Christopher Lee does make the make the line about keeping your appointment with the wicker man. Um, at least at least the remake there is none of that it's it's like, I mean, this is the uh, all right fine the, i don't mind the poster for the remake because of the fact it's subtle and doesn't give too much away it's the little girl rowan who he's looking for and behind it is nick cage's face you know the story for the most part is about that Cowie looking for the little girl. And oh, that yeah. is what the poster shows. Yeah, yeah. You know? And that little girl looks terrifying. 
Yeah, she does. <laughs> she really does. Like if like if if you, if I saw that without the title, yeah, I'd assume that that was some sort of possession movie. Yeah, yeah, you would. There are bees on that poster as well, by the way. Not the bees. <laughs> no. I don't know. At quick glance, I thought of. I'm just sending you this in Discord. So you've got the Wicker Man remake poster, right? The one that we just said. And then you quickly look at this poster for Thirteen Ghosts. It's, you look, it is very. It's very. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You look back and forth, and back and forth, and back. When were they? Were, were they released at the same time? Wicker Man, two thousand six. Um, it was 13 Ghost. Because I'm just wondering if that was a trend. 2001. Mm. Not far. Maybe close enough. Because, um, I don't, did we talk about this or did I hear it somewhere else? But, like, all the all the movie posters for films like Urban Legend and Scream and all the films of that era are all yep. the same. They had uh, the little bit of the killer in the corner or somewhere, but then cast, cast. headshots yeah. of the cast because <laughs> they were all beautiful popular people they were yeah. maybe it's even, that kind of a vibe even like the faculty had it i believe yeah uh, yeah there they are josh hartnett looking beautiful at the front <laughs> oh dear maybe it's that sort of vibe but I, yeah i don't know i do i do love that wickerman poster in fact i probably it's should really get myself, nice i probably should get myself a print of that shouldn't i even the vhs cover it's it's on fire. It's a, it's a screenshot <laughs> yeah. from the film. Yeah, there are some. Go- oh, in fact, maybe I'll, I'm looking at my wall now. Maybe that's what I'll do on that wall. I'll just hunt down every little, every variant Wickerman poster I can find. Every single one. Put it up there. That's quite a hard one. I think you'll need to drop all these into the video, by the way, so people can. Of see course, what I will. Talking about. I think this would have been much better. See, that is a good one. Yeah, it it is a good one, and it does. Yeah, because you've got the, the the, the sun face. Oh yeah, sorry the... folks. What I'm referring to is yeah, this oh. what he's describing. <laughs> <laughs> it's down in the corner. All yeah. the people, yeah, all the little people, the little silhouettes of people with. Well, you don't know if the people, I guess, you don't know, like animal heads. Yeah. I mean, that is just... This one's a good one, because it's just basically... I'll, I'll save that for another time, but it's basically okay. just... It's basically just naked uh, Britt Eklund. With, oh, okay, with yeah, wick, I'll take that. With the I'll wicker man that. in front of her. <laughs> <laughs> that obviously just... They were probably just posting that one up around certain parts of Soho. No, here we go. Here's my last one. This is the one I think is the best one. But what it could have been to, to sort of hide the mystery. I prefer that to the one I just sent you of the sun god and the silhouettes yeah. of the people behind. That's nice. I mean, it, as well. That's good. That's a good price. Yeah. It's a similar image. Yeah. Just re- just slightly reversed. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it'll, let's go back to actually the film. <laughs> oh yeah, the film. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am glad. I am glad you enjoyed it. I am glad you enjoyed it. But I totally understand, and I totally appreciate you wouldn't necessarily rush to watch it again, and it wouldn't necessarily be a an intro film for other people. Yeah. Um, but I think that's. I, I, 
I think that's possibly part of the genre of folk horror as a whole. I don't. I, yeah. I think it's something that you find later on and go, "Oh, I like this subgenre." It's like a than, sub subgenre. Yeah, because it's because a lot of it does rely on this sort of slow burn and little mm. subtle nods and background things, and it's not. I don't think it's ever in your face. Um, that yeah, I think it is a little bit of a a niche. Even Midsummer, um, you wouldn't say. Ah, oh, do you know? I, I like I like to be scared. I like to get in scary horror films. Midsummer is not a film to get someone in the mood for horror. I don't think that's that, a slow burn itself. And like you said with the witch, the, I think you do have to have an appreciation and a patience mm. for these this this sub sub genre. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you just because. Because they are so slow. And like I said, I think you need to apply yourself. I think you need to apply Definitely. yourself to watching them. It's not just something that you can sit on. Uh, you can. Mm. Just, it's not It's not a one you're just going to throw on while you're only really half paying attention and yeah. looking at your phone. You need to give it your full attention. Certainly, you know, the first couple of times you watch it mm. um, to, to pick up on the nuances and the subtlety. I mean, I think it's a bit of a cliche thing to say, but I think I do notice something different in the wicker man every time i watch it that uh, it may not necessarily anything major but it will just be a line that perhaps i've not um yeah like a throwaway might, line might be a bit throwaway and i've not mm. really picked up on it before or you know an image in a book or something you know what i yeah. mean just some sort of uh like in, in scenes like the schoolroom and things like that there might just be something in the background that i think oh i've not noticed that before um but yeah, yeah it's sure. uh yeah it's it's fantastic i can never get bored i'll never get bored of watching it ever and i love that it's it's done it's achieved the cult status that it's got and it exists it and, really has yeah and permeates into other things um i mean i'm a big fan of the league of gentlemen and Bruce <laughs> Smith and Mark Gatiss and the stuff that they have done, and there's a, an episode of Inside Number Nine. Um, oh yeah, from the I think it was the last series, I think series series seven, I think it is, uh, called Mr. King that has very strong Wicker Man vibes, which is was very cool. Um, so I like that it still pops up here and there. Yeah, like, uh, like I said, I I had never been spoiled on it. I had seen clips and imagery from it um i i did assume there was more to it i did assume it was more uh i did i assumed there'd be more horror uh, horror sprinkled throughout but i didn't mind the slow burn again because mm -hmm. i'm not being introduced to it i i appreciated it for what it was um like i was i was expecting um you see the image of Christopher Lee arms out with the Wicker Man behind him. It's one of the most famous shots in the film, which you, you type it in Google, and that's one of the first things that comes up. I I was kind of expecting uh they burn people in these Wicker Men. Like there's more. They 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 make them up, they burn them, and then they they move on. Like it's a serial thing. Like yeah. It's a, yeah yeah yeah. Rather than it being the focal point at the end of one, and it's mm. for him. Um. Which is, I think, is scarier. It is because you've been singled out. Yeah. This is just for you. We're not burning a group of people. You, 
you alone and the goats and chickens but um, yeah regardless <laughs> um yeah it's a big 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 uh scary feeling of yeah isolation like uh, alone you're you're fully alone and then which i talked about right at the beginning leaving it to the viewer to think what happens next mm. do they get away with this because they yeah. burnt an outsider they've, they've killed an outsider I rather mean, than one I'm, of their own i mean well let's let's follow it through what would happen theoretically what would happen somebody would go looking for him because he works with a police force. Is, is the police force didn't know full well where he was going? Yeah. You know, he'll have had to log out the plane to say that he was taking that with him. Yeah. It's um, so they'd definitely be at least at least another officer, if not a team, going to investigate the disappearance of one of their own. But what would they find? Exactly. How could they prove they killed him? How could they prove any of it? Because it's not like, obviously, the setting and the time period helps. There's no CCTV. There's nothing no, like not that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they could, they could quite easily, you know, you know drag the the plane out into the middle yeah. of the ocean and sink it. Um, That's your one bit of evidence, I think, you'd need to dispose of. Mm -hmm. uh, because if they had left that there, it's like, okay, he's landed. Where is he? Um, you get rid of that. Where's the trail? Yeah, it was never here. It's just never unfortunate here. it disappeared. Because he doesn't ever contact the mainland again, does it? No. Once he's there. No. His plane could have crashed on he, the way he, there. In fact, he try. I think he tries to, doesn't he? He returns to his plane just before he yeah. goes to confront everybody and the radio's been destroyed or ripped out. Or Yeah, nothing works. Yeah, nothing, nothing works. works. So, yeah, but, they, but um, yeah, nobody knows he's there. So, if, well... You know, they they assume that that's where he's gone, but yeah, well, you know, never made it. We we don't we know, and, they, and we know that they're good at covering things up. Yeah, tell they me. All keep yeah. A, they're all good poker players. They can all keep a brilliant face. Brilliant actors. <laughs> um, you mentioned just again. I haven't got much more to say, but you mentioned earlier about like if it was set in say Cornwall, right, mm -hmm. landlocked, rather than an island. Um. It's scarier that it's on an island. You feel uh, yeah. safer that it's. You'd feel safer that you're landlocked. You feel like you've got a chance. I he's think got. So. He's got nowhere to go. He could hide on the island, but they know it better than him. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're obviously if it was landlocked, we talk about what could happen after. There, there's more of a possibility we'd be able to find out what happened to him. The island being on an island is so much scarier. Yeah. I think, well, I think it adds to that. It does. Um, it adds to that isolation. It really, it really drives that home. Mm. Um, I mean, we have, we have some, you know, isolated places in this country. Yeah. But at the same time, we're not that big of a country, so no. nothing. <laughs> Like, like it's more believable when the, it'd be more believable if it was a rural, isolated community in America because Midwest or something. Yeah, yeah. you you know you've got that the, that country just generally has that scale and has that you can believe that there are these, there would be these little isolated, you know. Or think about something like Wolf Creek, in the middle of Australia, the middle yeah. of absolutely nowhere. That that yeah. that that is terrifying. 
because yeah. you are so far away from any sort of civilization. Yeah. When it's England, I mean, you could go. I mean, I I live uh, down south uh, where there's a lot. It's a lot more populous than say where you are up more up north. But I go to the New Forest and I can still hear a road somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhere, you can, even even if you alone. Yeah, even being in the middle of nowhere, you're yeah. still not that far from a road, or you're not no. that far from, you know, even in the, in the distance you can see the, the motorway or yeah, anything, something. There'll be something. Um, but yeah, so I think I think putting it on an island does just uh, just, just add to, to it. Yeah, yeah. E- easily, it easily just builds up that notion of isolation more, uh, which perhaps would be lost. I, I would, I'd love to try and track down a copy of the book that it is based on and and give it a read. I did have a look for it not too long ago. Um, really, that hard uh, to find? Okay, I can't remember if it was. I wrote it off. I wrote. I'd kind of mentally decided that I wasn't going to get a copy, and I can't remember whether it was just scarcity or. Uh, like they don't exist or there are a few copies out there but we're talking yeah a hundred quid or you know a, a like price. first edition sort of thing some yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. just something that i can't quite justify mm. splurging on just yet it'll be but in I, one of those old-timey bookshops where there's just mountains of random books and it's just just that little one there just pull that out like a jenga piece yeah. and it's there it is it's been worth hundreds and it's just been there for god knows how long yeah 995 pound on ebay it's cheaper than the grand i mean there's a cheaper <laughs> there's, there's a cheaper one at 200 pounds on ebay but oh what yeah. a steal it's a steal <laughs> i mean even the audible is 20 quid what <laughs> so yeah it's it's not real. It's it's not a physical thing. It's it's available on Audible for oh well weirdly it says seven ninety nine there. Never mind. Oh. Um, oh, I just had a new Audible credit and I've spent it already. If I don't know, I could have got it. Never mind. On... Maybe next n- next month. What'd you buy? Audible. Oh, on uh, a his. It's uh, it's the history of the north of England. It's called Northerners. I can't remember who it's by now. But... It's the most British book ever. <laughs> well, you know, I prefer... I've got a professional interest in it. That's true. That's true. You do. You do. No, man, I'm, glad, I'm glad we did this film. I'm glad because, like I said, I'd never seen it. It helped that it was your favourite horror film, one of your favourite films of all time, and it kind of just came hand in hand, and I'm, yeah, I'm really glad we did it. Um, with a lot of this, a lot of this we've done... Films we've both seen before, films me and Ryan have both seen, an odd one we'd both heard about that we want to check out. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for instance, Baskin was just an absolutely obscure one that yep. I'd heard about for nearly 10 years. I said, Do you mind? We'll have a look at this. No, I'm glad we did this. I'm really glad mm-hmm. we did it. Um, yeah, no, me too. It's, uh, of, course you, of course you're glad. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm glad. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially after you made me watch Scream. All the Scream made films. you... <laughs> I mean, well, you, you know, yeah, there was well, actually yeah. five horror, five screen films for you to watch. I did, um, I did have to catch up. Well, oh, do you have anything else to really? 
I, I, I can't, no, you know, just to once again go and watch The Wicker Man. It's brilliant. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, like, as we said, it's a simple, it's a simple story. Yeah. That leads to, you know, a big climax. Um, and it, you don't really want to analyze it scene by scene because it, it's, the, there is a little bit of repetition there and it's just kind of one of those things you need to see you just need to experience it you know just to sort of see if you get that same sort of percolation percolating sense of dread and the the other and then the crazy sing-along bits and yes. it, yeah it, it's just that it's very unique and it is that's it's not much like you know, it it no. really isn't much like it out there um uh, apart from the remake, which we'll be discussing next week on episode 38 of I, um, I have vowed that I will watch that at some point, just because I probably I, should. As I joke, I, we joke, we joke. I think it would be a funny discussion. Well, Funny yeah. or depressing for you. <laughs> <laughs> one of the two. It will... It'll, It'll be one of the two feelings. It's one of those. I was like, no, no, I don't want to watch it. I don't want to watch it. And I don't want to even acknowledge it exists. But then I've seen the memes and I kind of think, eh, maybe now I should probably watch it. Cause... <laughs> I was waiting for, where Where are the bees? Where are the, I was waiting. Where, why haven't I seen the bees yet? I was like, oh God, that means they had added that to the, the Well, remake. I think, I think that's the thing in the remake, isn't it? Honey, that the place is famous for. Isn't that the... Is that why? Is that, uh, that would is? make I'm, that would make know. sense. I'm, I don't know. I just uh, because bees seem to be quite prevalent in that one. I thought, is that is that what it is? It would make sense. It would. But, yeah, but maybe no, that, but what yeah, is that, our actual? Yeah, next episode? That is not next episode. <laughs> next episode, um, because of a certain horror film that comes out at the end of the month, will we? I am getting this right, aren't oh, no. I? We're, we're doing tropes next, right? Doing tropes? I thought we were doing or we do Evil Dead. I thought that's what we were doing. Evil Dead. All right, uh, so next week, uh, or next 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 week, no, not next, next episode, let's try this again, we'll be doing the new installment in the Evil Dead franchise, Evil Dead Rise. Yeah? Did I yes. get that right? I did get it right. I did get it right. Yes. Because I'm very excited for this. Rise. Very excited. Um, it was actually the 10th anniversary of the evil dead reboot which yes absolutely love would highly recommend going to watch it it's Fantastic. an insane film gore stoked fest um with not a horrible cast actually you know modern horror you for the most part hate the cast as, as far as as far as modern horror and reboots go it's up there it's brilliant yeah um it's it's excellent and I think that is what's leading us to really have a lot more excitement and hype built up for this next instalment mm. uh, of Evil Dead Rise. So, yes, next episode we will be doing a nice little look at Evil Dead Rise. And then following that, to cap off April, have a nice little discussion. We talked about this a while back. And we're going to be looking at what are some of the big horror tropes in the genre. Ones um, we like, ones we don't like. Yeah ones that are maybe underused overused yeah just all all the sort of cliches and uh yeah those those obvious things that we're expecting with horror movies 
Yeah, yeah. And uh, the biggest takeaway of all this... We're back, baby! <laughs> We're back. Yes, um, we have managed to hammer out a little bit more yeah. of a regular schedule now that fits in with how our personal lives are currently going. Yeah. Um, and work schedules and that sort of thing. So, yeah, we're... Plenty uh, more to come. We can. We can record on a regular basis and oh, yeah. get those episodes back on schedule. Lots um, more horror talk to which, come. Which means we need to get planning on the next month and next movies and new movies and, yeah, yeah. Oh, I have a few in mind. Lots I have a couple of, of a couple of little obscure ones you might not have heard of. Um, no, actually, I don't. Uh, some fun ones. Um <laughs> But yeah, lots to come in the future, folks. Thank you for sticking around with us uh, during especially our break. Uh, do go back and check out all the old content. If you haven't, it's on the YouTube. Just search The Dreadcast. It's also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon slash Audible. Is that it? Yeah, yeah that is it. Almost, oh, I said the YouTube. Almost searching The Dreadcast. Give it a rate. Give it a like. Give it a subscribe. Give it all that jazz. Just click yeah. the... Click all the positive-looking buttons there. Like, share, um, follow, comment. tell your friends, tell your grandparents, tell your dog. Tell everyone. Oh, you tell every, not everyone, everything. Tell everything. Yeah. Um. Uh, I think that's about it. I think that wraps it up nicely. Until um, uh, until, until Evil Dead time. Rise. Until Evil Dead Rise. Very excited. Uh, ooh. Uh, on ooh, that ooh. on that subject, on the subject of the Evil Dead, I have been playing a little bit of the game. Yes, you have. Yes, so, only a very little bit. So what we'll do is I'll play a little bit more of it, and we'll we'll incorporate some of that into our Evil Dead episode. Um, because it looks very good from what I've seen, but I have really only just sort of scratched the surface with it. Yeah, and now you reminded me that the Texas Chainsaw That's game comes out game soon as well. well. So lovely. Have some little uh, minor game reviews. Some Dreadcast gaming content. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool, man. Right. Well, I think that's a podcast. thing to say. That's a podcast. That is a podcast. You can say it. Stay spooky, folks.